Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This Thursday evening, we begin the observance of the holiday of Shavuot. Shavuot, Zaman Matan Toratenu, the time of the giving of the Torah, the anniversary of the revelation at Sinai. Such a critical event, the most critical event in our understanding of the Jewish faith, of theology, and of our commitment to Torah. Originally, of course, Shavuot was Chaka Bikurim, the holiday of the first fruits. And I've spoken about this in previous episodes of the podcast around this time of year. The beautiful and elaborate ritual, which was first described in the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy, and then by the rabbis in the Mishnah who elaborated on it, the idea of the farmer bringing the first fruits of the harvest to the temple, presenting the harvest, presenting the fruits of the harvest to the priest as an expression of commitment, of thanks to God, of an understanding of history, and an awareness of where that individual farmer fit in to the history of the people and to the connection with the land. And again, I urge you to go back to previous episodes of the podcast where I speak about this. The holiday of Shavuot is a great holiday for many different reasons. First of all, because it is an opportunity to once again commit ourselves to the study of Torah, not just to dance with the Torah as we might do at Simchat Torah, not just to celebrate the idea of Torah, but to really busy ourselves, as the blessing says, Lasok bedivrei Torah, to busy ourselves, to occupy ourselves with the study of Torah, which is so important in our tradition. Shavuot is also a wonderful holiday because, according to one great folklore saying, it is really the happiest of all our major holidays. The folklore saying says goes like this, that on Pesach, we can't eat what we want to eat. We can eat where and when we want, but we can't eat what we want to eat. On Sukkot, we can eat what we want to eat and when we want to eat, but we can't always eat where we want to eat because we're supposed to be eating in the sukkah. On Rosh Hashanah, we can eat what we want and where we want, but not necessarily when we want because the service on Rosh Hashanah morning is so long that it delays lunch quite a bit. And on Yom Kippur, of course, we can't eat at all. Ah, but on Shavuot, we can eat what we want, where we want, and when we want. And that makes it, according to this folk tradition, the happiest of the major holidays of the year. I love that. Now, some of you might have, upon hearing that, hearing me say we can eat whatever we want, would say, but wait a minute, isn't there a tradition that you have to eat dairy foods on Shavuot? And the answer is, there is a tradition to eat dairy foods on Shavuot, but it's not an obligation. And if you don't want to eat dairy foods, you don't have to. But... The reality is that there is a tradition that at least one of the meals, one of the festive meals on Shavuot, should be a dairy meal. And of course, the question comes up, why? Where does that tradition come from? And that's what I want to talk about in this episode of the podcast. And let me tell you first that there is no definite answer, and that, what's, that is what makes this so much fun. There are rabbis throughout the centuries who have offered their opinion as to why we should eat dairy foods on Shavuot. I'm going to offer you four traditional answers. First of all, I'm going to tell you that my answer is very pragmatic. 
I have the the uh, idea that in fact this whole tradition of eating dairy foods on Shavuot probably became probably came about because at this time of year. Presumably, this was a time of the birthing of calves. There was probably a lot of extra dare, extra milk around. And in fact, what do you do with milk? You turn it into a festive meal. That's just my idea. And I, I think that uh, it probably is very close to being uh, the truth in many ways, but it's not very much fun. It's just too pragmatic. So the rabbis of our tradition looked at various ways to answer this question of why we should eat dairy foods on Shavuot and to teach us something as it goes along. So let me share with you four answers to this question. How, where does this idea of eating dairy on Shavuot come from? First answer, chapter 34, verse 26 of the book of Exodus. The choice first fruits of your soil you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a kid in its mother's milk. The first part of that phrase seems to be referring to a tradition much like Shavuot, even though it's not mentioned as Shavuot here, this idea of bringing the first fruits to God, as, 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 to, to the house of the Lord your God, as a, as a, and, and present them in that way. Again, Shavuot is not mentioned, but clearly that's, uh, that's what the reference is to. And then it's followed by the statement, you shouldn't boil a kid in its mother's milk, which is, of course, the a source for the idea of separating meat and dairy. So, some of the rabbis say that, in fact, this is a reminder of the fact that on Shavuot, we should definitely make clear that we're separating meat and dairy by having one meal only of dairy. And then we can eat meat the rest of the time if we want, but one meal has to be of dairy because it comes in the same, the, the reference to separating dairy and meat comes in the same verse as a reference to Shavuot. Second idea, Numbers twenty-eight twenty-six. On the day of the first fruits, your feast of weeks, that's Shavuot, when you bring an offering of new grain to the Lord, you shall observe a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Some of the rabbis say that's the source for eating dairy on Shavuot. Wait a minute, I didn't hear anything about dairy. What did I miss? Well, let me give you the Hebrew. Now, those of you who understand the Hebrew may still be waiting for an understanding of what this has to do with eating dairy on Shavuot. And here is the answer. Three of the words in the middle of that verse, Chadasha Ladonai Bishvuatechem. The initial letters of each of those three words are Chet, Lamed, Bet, which spells Chalav, which means milk. Now, just the fact that this is offered as an explanation by some of the traditional rabbis shows you that nobody had the slightest idea why this tradition developed because clearly that's a, just a wordplay to help us understand the, the, the significance of the tradition, but it doesn't explain where the tradition came from. And that's because nobody, again, I don't think really knows where the tradition came from. Let me give you a third example. And this is fun. And it's said in various different ways, but I'll give you one way that it's said. When the Torah was given, 
the people were suddenly made aware of their new obligations regarding kashrut, regarding the dietary laws, regarding only eating certain kinds of meat and only and, and having to have the, the blood drained out and the meat slaughtered in a particular way, etc. And they weren't prepared for that. They didn't have the right pots. Their pots were trafe, so to speak. They were already not kosher. They didn't know what they had to do. They couldn't figure it out soon enough. So they had a dairy meal, which was much simpler and was much easier to fit into the laws of kashrut. I love that idea. The idea that they had to throw their pots out or kasha their pots in the middle of the desert in order to be sure that they were not breaking any of the laws of kashrut. Uh, it's just so creative and so wonderful. So therefore, to, to follow our tradition, to follow the tradition of our ancestors, we eat a dairy meal as well. Fine. But I'll give you the fourth one. And this one, again, I say, I don't think that there's any real answer to this besides my own uh, inclination to go with the pragmatic idea. But this one really resonates with me. Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 11. Sweetness drops from your lips, O bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. Dvash v'chalav tachat l'shonech. The Song of Songs is always considered to be by the rabbis a metaphor, a parable, for the love of God with the people of it, for the people of Israel, and the bride in this case is the people of Israel. So honey and milk are under our tongues. The rabbis compared milk to Torah because it's nourishing, because it comes directly from the source, because it means so much to the growth and to the development of an individual. And therefore, if you add the idea of honey being sweet as well, the sweetness of Torah, this nourishment, should be under our tongues always, should be always part of our lives. So whether or not that's a reason to, uh, to eat dairy foods on Shavuot or whether it's simply a reminder of the importance of Torah, the, the nourishment we get from studying Torah, from learning Torah, from observing Torah, then that's an important message for the holidays of Shavuot. So whether you eat cheesecake and cheese blintzes on Shavuot or not, let that, at least that last line, remind us all of the importance of Torah in our lives, in what it gives us, what it, what it provides, the sustenance and the nourishments that it provides us as we move through life. Chag Sameach, have a wonderful holiday of Shavuot, and until next time, thank you.